Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook and Elliot Shore Parks. What the hell happened, buddy? We are uh, we are here somehow, some way. Even though I don't think either of us saw this coming when the season ended. Talking about Elliot, less than three years, less than three years after the Philadelphia Eagles won their first Super Bowl ever, Doug Peterson is no longer their head coach. What happened, man? Dude, it is unreal. What a whirlwind last 24 hours. And I just think back to even the last week. And I feel like a few times on the pod I've said this, that even though there was a report he was back and then he was at the press conference, like I was always a little sure, unsure that he was definitely going to be back. But then when he showed up to that press conference, I was like, all right, I, I guess he's back. But, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much to well, get into. To you I guess- real quick. That point alone, they let him do the end of year press conference. They didn't even let yeah. him do one at the end of 2016. And this year, I mean, they, he, they, it's unbelievable. It's, to put him and Howie out there in front of the media the day after, when you didn't have to, you could have waited. There was no rush. And then fire him after. It's just, it's just, Elliot, you know, there's one word that is slamming all of us right in the face. Capital letters. Dysfunction. That is the word that describes the Philadelphia Eagles right now as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And look, perception in a lot of times matters more than reality. Like, I do think that there's an argument to be made that talking this out with Doug, giving a week to think about it over, like, I understand that argument. If, if you want to say that, you know, I want to meet with Doug once, give, give us each a week to think it back over and then meet with him again to see, I can see that. But the issue is this should have happened in December. Like, I understand if you don't want to do it 
if you don't want to do it during the season. And that's my understanding of why they didn't talk about this during the season. But guess what? You were like three and 10. You know what I mean? Like you don't get to sit there and say, well, wait till the off season because now you look completely dysfunctional. Like this looks like a completely dysfunctional organization from the outside looking in. And the reality is they probably are. And I've defended <laughs> yeah, this team. For I, sure. I, I've defended this team. I even tweeted a few nights ago, like before they fired Doug, I thought the main topic of this pod I was going to suggest was me thinking the Eagles had the brightest future of all the teams in the NFC East. And that had more to do with the rest of the division being a wreck. But after this, like, I, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I mean, it's the same thing over and over. And I think there is a real debate to be had on how good of a head coach Doug is. Like, I think it's fair to have concerns about that. But the way he was fired doesn't really seem to have anything to do with that. Like, yes, that's part of it, but it once again seems like a head coach is gone because they lost a power struggle with Howie Roseman. Like, as much as they're moving on from Doug, Doug is moving on from the Eagles as well. Like, Doug knows he has jobs lined up. My guess is he ends up with the Houston Texans. I know they have interest. I think the Jets are going to have a ton of interest. Like, Doug is going to have his choice of where he ends up. And I, Doug sat there and said, look, I'm not putting up with it anymore. And and my biggest takeaway, I apologize for going on a bit of a rant here, but my, my biggest takeaway after working with Doug for five years is he's just a genuinely nice guy. Like, did he have coaching flaws? Maybe. Were there things he wasn't great at? Probably. But just a great, genuine guy that loved to coach football. If even he has issues with Howie Roseman, like that does not speak well to the ability to find somebody that will be able to work for Howie Roseman. Because there might not be a lower, like, ego guy than Doug and for him to get to the point where he feels like he has to move on that he wants out that he doesn't think he can continue to win here it does not speak well of Howie like whatever we think of Howie whatever the fans think of Howie the last two people to be head coaches with Howie have won it out because of Howie Roseman that says it all that says it all we don't even really have to give our opinion on Howie or uh, or the fans like the last two people to work every day to day with Howie have won it out specifically because of Howie Roseman. And it, it they're not going to be able to get a good head coach. Like, unless Lurie really opens up his wallet and spends a lot of money, like, this is an unappealing job, and the top reason it is unappealing is because of Howie Roseman. Yeah, of course it is. He is a weasel. He is a weasel. Howie Roseman is such a weasel. And we've been saying it for years, and then he threw us off the scent with one good year, and it's back to being the exact how we thought he was. The man only cares about one thing, that's himself. And what's best for Howie Roseman? Not what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles, not what's best for the future of anything. What's best for Howie Roseman? I mean, keeping my job, me keeping power, me blah, blah, blah. That's yep. it. That's it. And the fact that Howie Roseman has, in essence, won the power struggle yet again is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, Elliot. I don't know what Howie Roseman did to get Jeffrey Lurie to trust him so truly and 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 so deeply i don't understand it it makes absolutely no sense how many people how many issues does this guy have to have problems with throughout the league how many times do we have to hear about these things for it to finally permeate its way through to jeffrey Lurie? i think you hit on on everything that is the the real issue here Doug Peterson, it came out, for those who haven't seen it, uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted out that, um, and I thought this was pretty telling, to your point, talking about Doug just kind of being tired of dealing with this shit, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Ian Rappaport tweeting out, after speaking with two people close to former Eagles coach Doug Peterson, that still feels weird to say, doesn't it, former yes, Eagles coach very Doug weird. Um, he says, after speaking with two people close to former Eagles coach Doug Peterson, it sounds like this is what it boiled down to. 
Peterson was sick of people telling him what to do. Yup. Yup. <laughs> yeah. Yup. I mean, what have we been talking about? Whether all season long, the Jason Peters stuff, Doug Peterson has to eat it, you know, in front of the media for those guys. The Prior to the season, his coach is getting fired. This again, like the, this pick, that pick, like everything. Doug Peterson is the guy who has to go up and eat shit in front of the media for all these things these other people are doing and has no say in what's happening, not even in his own coaches, which you and, and I, again, the, the title of our last pod was Let Doug Pick His Coaches. Yeah. It is it is wild. I don't blame Doug Peterson one iota. One and iota. One thing you said in there that I don't think should be overlooked, it's a great point, and I know it to be true, that Doug was not happy that he always had to be the mouthpiece for the team. I mean, think about this. When the Eagles decided not to go to the White House for the after winning the Super Bowl, he was the one up there answering questions, right? Like he's continually ha he's continually had to be the one to get up there and talk about, you know, what what's going on with the team, even though honestly he had very little say in it, as we see. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, and I apologize, I don't I don't remember who reported it because there's so much stuff flying around right now. But one of the reasons Doug wanted to go is because he didn't think he could get the players here to compete. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, right? Like I, I could see why Doug would would feel that way. And ultimately. There, there's two like main things to talk about. One is Doug, and the second one is what they'll do moving forward. And I w clearly we'll talk about both. But the second one, like, man, it just it it's gonna be so hard for them to get a, a guy that that we feel excited about. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the first name that comes out is Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach from the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like, I mean, are you serious with that suggestion? I mean, that's just, <laughs> like, I, I, I get that, you know, maybe he'll end up being a good head coach and, you know, I don't want to, like, shit all over Mike Kafka, but let's be real here. Like, that's going to be your suggestion to replace Doug Peterson. That's the person that, that you think is going to come in and be a better head coach than Doug. And it's not even about finding a better head coach than Doug. It's about finding somebody that will listen to Howie Lurie and Jeffrey, Jeffrey Roseman. Yep. Uh, ding, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. But you're but, right. Put the names together because it doesn't matter anyway. You're, you yeah. are so right, Elliot. But, That's but the, the key. The other thing is, and I think Howie deserves a lot of the anger coming his way, but I really do think, and this isn't a defense of Howie, but some of that anger has to be moved to Lurie. Like, like Howie is keeping a job because he just does what Jeffrey Lurie says. You know what I mean? Like, like the the decisions, that the big decisions that we think are mistakes are ones that Lurie wants to do. Like, I don't want to say this because I know you hate the Dallas Cowboys, but like Jeffrey Lurie is much closer to Jerry Jones and people want to admit. And I, so this idea that like Howie's best skill, I mean, Howie has skills. Like he's good at managing the cap despite their current situation. Like there are things he's good at, but what he's really good at is he knows how to keep a job. And to a certain point when it's year after year of this, you have to stop being mad at the guy that's just good at keeping the job and being mad at the guy that's keeping them. Like, no, it's a great point. How he should quit, you know? Like, so yeah. I agree. Like, Howie is really hard to work with, right? Like, I've heard from so many people about how tough it is to deal with Howie. So I don't think this is like new, but Jeffrey Lurie is continuing to pick Howie over Doug. And I know that Howie's not a coach, but ultimately the, the, it came down to this. What's the best the best path to pick the to fix the offense? Lurie didn't, didn't think the offense was good. Doug said I can fix it this with my people. Lurie disagreed. But ultimately, by disagreeing, what he's counting on is that him and Howie have a better plan to pick the off fix the offense than Doug does. And I don't think that's true. Like I, I don't trust them to fix the offense for all of Doug's flaws. I think Doug has a better chance of putting together a good offense than uh, Howie and uh, Lurie do. Yeah, I, 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 I think Howie Roseman is 
the last person who should be making these decisions. And you do make, look, you, you hit on a really important point and you are correct. Like as much blame as how he deserves. And he does. I, I will not, I feel incredibly confident in my long held dislike of Howie Roseman as the, the president of football operations of the Philadelphia Eagles. But you're absolutely right. Jeffrey Lurie deserves a lot more blame than he's getting. And maybe this move right now will start to move the blame that direction. We'll all start to kind of, and, and it does feel like people are starting to be like, oh, oh, you know, Lurie's a little more involved than we thought. He is more Jerry Jones, like Daniel Snyder, like whatever else you want to say. I mean, there's no question he is. And to last year, force Doug to get rid of his coaches, and then this year, fire him. Again, Elliot, we're less than three years. Less than three yeah. years from when they won the Super Bowl. Paul Domwich put out a tweet earlier today. There are only four coaches in the last 30 years who won the Super Bowl and actually got fired. Only four. And the most, the longest amount of time was six years. Six years was the, uh, excuse me, the shortest amount of time after someone won the Super Bowl and then got fired was six years. We're, we're half that. It's not even three years. I mean, it's wild. Like, it is crazy to think about that. And then, to your point, when you look at the, the organizational structure, it all comes back to Jeffrey and Howie. And, and yes, you do have to criticize Jeffrey for a lot of this stuff. We know he is involved. And ultimately, this is his decision. Yes, Howie might have won another power struggle, but ultimately, Jeffrey Lurie is the one deciding the power struggle. Jeffrey right. Lurie is the one who decides who wins the power struggle. So Jeffrey Lurie has yet again made this decision. And, and when you look at it, I mean, to your point, Elliot, like what head coach is going to want to come here and say, oh, yeah, uh, you want to tell me what to do? You want to be intimately involved in this? You want to be intimately involved in that? You won't let me pick my staff? You just ran a Super Bowl winning head coach out of town after three years? Like, why would anyone come here? Why? Well, it's, not, it's, it's not just that, too. I mean, like the new guy, they'll say that he's not expected to win right away. But let's look at the history, right? I mean, J Chip Kelly was fired after three years and winning 26 games in three years. Doug Peterson was fired after five years. But really, the first year he didn't make the playoffs outside of his rookie year in 2016, you know, it, he, he was fired. So they can talk about this new guy coming in not being expected to win it's not true if this new guy comes in and after two years things aren't good jeffrey Lurie will move on so if i'm a head coaching candidate no matter what he says i look at this roster and i say can i win right away and i've said on this pod that i think they can turn it around quicker than other people do so i'm not saying it's impossible but if i'm lincoln riley joe brady eric b am i betting my like my career on it I don't know. I mean, it's a lot easier for me to sit on a pod and say, I think I think they can turn it around quickly. If you told me I had to bet my employment at WIP over them, like making it to the second round of the playoffs in the next two years, like I wouldn't take that bet. So, you know, yeah, maybe Lincoln Riley will come. Who knows? But it's not an appealing job. And I, I think that the pressure to win right away can't be overlooked because if someone comes in here and doesn't win, like they're going to make changes. And you know, I don't think who knows how long Howie will be here. But to say that Howie can't outlast another coach, I don't think is true either. Howie knows how to play the game to keep his job. Well, like you said, this is his fourth what his fourth search or his fourth head coach's third search. Excuse me. This is the fourth head coach Howie will be here with and his third search. Find yeah. me another GM who got to pick three coaches. Find me one. Like, it never happens in the NFL. It's so rare. Like, unless, you know, a coach leaves of his own accord or retires and there's success. I'm talking about, like, coaches getting fired. 
Two coaches getting fired, you get to pick the third. Like, that never happens. That never happens, Elliot. It's so rare in the NFL that Howie Roseman has more job security, it would appear, than any GM in the league. And I know that'll change moving forward. You have to think that. I, I don't know, even, man. If it will it change, knows. I mean, You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's a great. You would think that it has to, at least something has to be on Howie. But um, it's a great point, man. And and if you're a young, hot candidate, like, why would you choose this spot? Like, Why? Why? It makes absolutely no sense. You've got an owner who won't let you pick your staff. Like, you've got an owner who wants to be involved in everything you're doing, a GM who wants to be involved in everything you're doing. Let me ask you this. What did you think of the way it went down? I know we've talked about it a little, but, you know. Well, that's another great point. Elliot, that's I'm so happy you brought this up because we've kind of just been reacting to the news. But the way it went down is the most dysfunctional part of all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the craziest part to me. Like, if you thought, and first and foremost, let's forget the fact that Jeffrey Lurie has now had five years to decide about, Doug, like, of knowing Doug Peterson, right? And certainly this entire season of watching Doug, talking to Doug, knowing what Doug's doing. So you would think, you would think that when the season ends, Jeffrey Lurie knows what the hell he's going to do one way or the other. You would hope to think, right? He's not going to be John Middleton and take years to decide on something. And, oh, I got to do this long decision. That's not the way Laura usually works. He fired Chip the week before the season was even over. You would think you'd have some idea. But, okay, let's say the season ends and you're still not sure. How could you possibly trot them out? How could you possibly put Doug and Howie out there and say, hey, answer questions about the future, about yep. fixing the team? About how do you fix cars? About how do you do that? Blah, 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 whatever. Like, how do you let that guy sit there and take these questions if he's not 100% coming back? The way this was handled from the uh, literally all season, obviously, the way they've handled Doug, but from the moment this season ended until it happening today, a week and a, you know, a week and a day or whatever since the season ended, is the biggest symbol of dysfunction, of not having a plan, of not having any idea what you're doing that I could possibly think of. So I think not only does firing Doug in and of itself make them look bad, the way they did it makes them look 10 times worse. So I, I agree with, with all that. And like I said at the beginning of the pod, I do understand that it, it's easy for us to say, like, make these snap decisions. But it's not about that. Like, make these decisions earlier. Like, I understand wanting to take some time. Just make this decision in December. Like, say to Doug, hey, Doug, what are you thinking about the co coaching staff moving forward? And if he says he doesn't want to talk about it, you go, well, guess what, buddy? <laughs> I'm yeah. the owner of the team yeah. and hey. the boss. So like we 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 actually are going to talk about it, right? And then when he tells you, then you can make that decision. And so I thought I thought that was handled poorly. But the other thing I think also, and uh shout out to Jeff McLean. He's done a great job reporting all year on the Eagles. And I do I don't like playing the game guess the sources, but I don't and I don't know who his source was on this. But I do think the fact that Doug's coaching staff like suggestions coming out before this news, mm -hmm. it just feels to me like Somebody out there is trying to paint the picture that Doug's choices weren't very appealing because the reaction to his choices, like Press Taylor is OC, maybe Corey Undlin is defensive coordinator, maybe Matt Burke is defensive coordinator, Andrew Brenner is quarterback coach, like promotions from within, right? The reaction to those decisions were essentially like, wow, that those are unappealing. Like nobody would want those. That was a reaction online. And I think that was used to like soften the blow on, on firing Doug. And to me, that feels, you know, from it just feels like an Eagles move. Like as someone that's in the media, like the Eagles play the media game. They are very aware of what's out there. They like to paint their own picture through the media. Like we've seen that. I mean, honestly, even the trade stuff, like uh, the fact that it comes out that they 
that they're uh, a head coach that might be traded. And then it, you know, kind of like loosely reported that it's Doug. Like this whole thing that they try to do to like drum up trade interest in people, like Alshon, right? Like they, they want to play the media game so badly, but they're really not good at it. Because if you think for a team that is so intent on making sure they seem good and like playing the back channels, they very rarely look good. Like very rarely do we come away from something with the Eagles and go like that, that turned out well for them. Like that makes sense. So I just thought like, and as we said on the last pod, you know, let Doug pick his coaches. Like I, if, if, if we're recording this pod today and the news is Doug Stang, press Taylor's offensive coordinator, Corey Unlin's a defensive coordinator. My reaction would have been don't love those decisions. Like I'm not big on press. I, I Right. Like I like Corey Unlin, but I don't know, like that. It's not a super like uh, inspiring decision. But I also would have said, you know what? Ultimately, I trust Doug and I think Doug should get to pick his guys. And so I just thought that whole thing was like it just rubbed me the wrong way, too. Yeah. Well, not, not has, against McLean, just that, no, that thing. And, well, you're on. First of all, just the, as we've talked about a million times over the last few years, but the idea that a Super Bowl winning head coach when Matt Rule comes from Baylor, never having coached an NFL game in his life, and he can pick his whole staff. And Doug Peterson can't pick his staff when he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. That in and of itself is dysfunctional and stupid, and we've railed against it for a while. But I'm 100% with you, and this is not a McLean thing. Like, McLean got information and put it out. Like, that's what he's supposed right. to do. He's a reporter. I think it's very clear where that information came from and why it came out. And look, you see it all the time. Uh, and this is a, not unique to the Eagles, but... The idea of, uh, we, we saw it, a, a classic example is, is Boston and Terry Francona. Terry Francona, they want to fire him, so they leak this stuff about him having a pill issue and all this stuff, and they, they smear him on the way out. I mean, we see this time and time and time again when a coach gets fired, when a player gets traded, or whoever, those stories come out, right? We know that. It's a media game. Yeah. This was just so, it felt so obvious what they were doing here, and it just, it felt dirty. Like, it felt dirty the way they're going about it. Like, you don't need to well, smear that's how Doug. They do like things, though. I know, that's, but yeah. it's like, do you think like we're gonna look at that and, and forget who Doug Peterson is and be like, well, if Doug wanted these coaches, screw him, get him out of here. Like, it just—it's so obvious and so um, poorly orchestrated. You know, it just—it again, it all feels so poorly orchestrated, Elliot. When you when you root for a, a sports team and particularly an NFL team, you look at it and say, all right, what's the number one thing you want this team to have? A plan. Right? If you say, yeah. I, I can have just one thing. You want to plan. You want to plan for how do we get from where we are now to winning the Super Bowl and to being a perennial contender and blah, 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 and all that stuff. This feels like there is zero plan with this team from top to bottom. It seems like well, these guys have no idea what they're doing. Well, and that's my thing with the whole Press Taylor's offensive coordinator. I wouldn't have liked the plan, but it would have been a plan. Like in 2015, when they just gave Chip control, it was not a plan that worked, but it was a plan, right? And so... Now you look at where they're at and I don't know what to think of them moving forward. Like when they look, when they hired Doug in 2016, I didn't think it was a good hire. Clearly ended up being a good hire, right? So like there are the, there is the potential of this happening, but in 2016, Adam Gase didn't want the job, like all these people. So I just don't know what hire, like what hire could they make that would make you come on the pod and say, you know what? Like it, ha it happened sloppily, but here we are, and I think this is a good. I, like, where are you at with that? Like, is are you kind of like skeptical until proven otherwise, or? 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical and unhappy with this no matter what. Like, they could luck in to a good hire. Look, Doug, they lucked into a good hire there. I mean, and right. however it ended up, Doug Peterson was a A-plus hire. He won a well, Super Bowl period. Well, they don't feel that way for what it's well, worth. clearly, but, yeah. but, I mean, hindsight, whatever you want to say, like, as far as I'm concerned, Doug Peterson was an A-plus hire. That man won us the only Super Bowl we've ever had. That's it. It's over. The discussion's done. I don't care what happened after. Like, it's over. Uh, just as far as how he was his hire, but to your point, right, in the moment it was a disastrous hire. We all felt like it was a disastrous hire. Um, look, it only adds to kind of the point I was making before about a plan and whatever, but if they were willing to do this with Doug and fire him like this and, and you know, kind of play it out for a week and then smear him and fi- and don't have a guy locked in, like if you did all this and you have no idea you're hiring, you don't have like... Joe Brady sitting there ready to roll or whatever, then this is that much more of an embarrassment. Well, all right, so Elliot, let's, that's let's that much that. more of an embarrassment. Let's talk about that too. So Doug's gone, and we'll talk about it more and more, but for now, like Doug's gone. But do you, what do you think their idea is? Because I they have to have a plan. Like they have there has to be somebody that they're sure they could get. Because otherwise, you've put yourself late into the process. And I understand that no one's been hired yet, but you know, the Jets have hired, have interviewed like seven people. They've interviewed Biennemi. They've interviewed Joe Brady. Like now you can't interview Brian DeBull or Eric Biennemi until those teams are knocked out of the playoffs. So you're talking potentially another three weeks, right? And and, and you could you can have an understanding, you know, with Biennemi's agent or Brady's agent, like, or not Brady, with uh, DeBull's agent saying, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to hire you. And it's worth noting that Brian DeBull has the same agent as Howie Roseman, just putting that out there. Um, but... I, I do wonder if maybe that's going on, but you still have to interview the guy. Like you still have to bring him in and meet him in person before you make this type of decision or commitment, or at least hopefully that that's what they're going God, to do. God, what a mess. Who knows with these guys, Elliot? Who knows? It's, and it's also worth pointing out, like there is the Rooney rule. So they're going to, they'll have yeah. to interview somebody, right? That, that isn't white, but also I, like, and I think this is a critical moment too. Like they have told us that they value Deuce Staley. They have made him assistant head coach. When Doug was out with COVID, they turned him into the head coach for that week or whatever it was. Like, now we find out if that's all lip service, right? Because if you truly value Deuce and you've had multiple chances to show that and you kind of did it by making him assistant head coach, but not really. But if you truly value Deuce, like, this is the time to do it. Like, don't make him go through some bullshit interview if you're not going to hire him. Like, now we're going to find out. Like, if you don't hire Deuce as head, as head coach now, then it really shows you never truly valued him the way you said it, you, you did because he's the assistant head coach, right? Like, this is your shot. And I don't think they will hire Deuce. Like, he would be – Deuce, to me, I, the reason I think he has a shot is because I, I don't know if they're going to get any of the elite-level candidates to take this job. But Deuce, I think, is someone that they know is in the building. He would probably probably consent to, like – giving up some control of his staff because I don't know who well, else. I'm sure he would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, sure. but it, you know, the deuce factor is interesting to me as we move forward these next few days. Look, I love deuce and I agree with what you said and how you said it. I just, I don't think there's any chance it's deuce, but I, I get it. And look, it could be their, their fallback. It could be like, all right, if, if these guys don't, don't say yes, we'll, we'll go with deuce as our fallback. I, that's certainly possible. I just don't believe that they do, you know, look at Deuce that way. Otherwise, I think they would have given him a shot to be an offensive coordinator or something instead of this BS assistant head coach title that they gave right. him. But whatever. Um, I do think, though, I, I mean, 
<laughs> Hold on, really, really, really quick. This is so perfect. So Derek Gunn, I guess, spoke to Doug Peterson, and Doug's quote was, "No worries, I'm at peace with it." <laughs> like, of course he is. Wh- Look for Doug. I mean, for, he's for, very excited. I get it from Doug's perspective. Doug is Doug is going to get another job. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach, and Doug doesn't have to have these guys tell him what to do, and he doesn't have to go take all these bullets for them, and he has, doesn't have to be in a spot where he's got these issues with the quarterback and all this stuff. Like for Doug, it's. I get it, man. It makes sense. Like again, uh, just on a, a basic level, the fact that that dude won the Super Bowl and they won't let him pick his own staff is is crazy. I mean, it's insulting. crazy. It is insulting. It is so insulting. I'm surprised Doug put up with it and didn't make a bigger stink. Like, it's crazy to me. All right. So along those lines, though, the idea of a head coach they can control. Do, should we even? consider the possibility of a day ball or a Brady or whatever, because I mean, I doubt with all these suitors, these guys are going to say, Oh, let me go to the place. that's going to not let me pick my staff. Like, do well, you think that they would be more willing to let a new coach pick their staff? Do you think, or do you, I mean, yes, I, 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 I they better, but I mean, again, why should we trust that Lori and Roseman are going to give up any control over anything? Well, I think we we should preface all this by saying that part of the reason they didn't let Doug do it is because they did not trust him. Now, the real reason is Howie's always had control. He's always needed control. Like, whether he wants to admit it or not, I believe, like, internally, the real reason is Jeffrey and and Howie like to control stuff. But I think they rationalized it as saying, like, we don't, we just don't trust Doug to do it. So... If you know Lincoln Riley says I'll come here, but you let me you let me control the staff, I think they would probably say yes, but I don't think Lincoln Riley will believe them. You know, like, and I don't think that they'll any head coach is going to believe that after a year that 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 is going to happen. So I think that there's a chance they let the new guy pick his staff, but I don't see it as a long term solution that will uh, be that something that that head coach will agree to. Yeah, because ultimately, why would they believe that how he's going to do that? Um, you know, the right. evidence says, and and how his reputation precedes him, um, and the Lori part of it too. And again, to your point, look, they wanted Adam Gase, they wanted Ben McAdoo, they couldn't even get those guys back. They wanted then. Tom Coughlin. Yeah, they didn't get any of those guys, and they ended up having to settle for Peterson. It's going to be a fascinating coaching search from that perspective. I think from a perspective, look, we know we we talk about this team all the time. We know they're dysfunctional. We know there's dysfunction in that building. We can see it. It's going to be fascinating to see how much that has permeated through the league and league circles, right? Because if if a day ball or whatever is willing to take the job, then I think that tells us that maybe that reputation is not as strong throughout the rest of the league as we would think well, it is. I, can I don't know. I talked to someone today, and I asked about this, and he said, that place is a dumpster fire and will be as long as Howie is in charge. Wow. So so there you go. I, again, look, I, I I believe it. That's why, I mean, again, that's like, and, and it does feel like finally we as Eagles fans are united. You know, we fought so hard on the Foles-Wentz thing and then the Wentz-Hurts thing and just Wentz in general. And Doug has been a, a polarizing figure for most. It feels like we're all on board now. It feels like we all agree. Well, I texted you. Fire Howie Roseman. We're all on board, Elliot. Everyone's there. Let's go. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. Of course not. Of course not. But it does feel like at least from a fan perspective, it feels like everyone's sorting to get on the same page and saying, this is all meaningless until Howie's gone. Should we talk about candidates? Sure. Yeah, we can get into candidates. Let me see if there's anything else from the... 
So nothing else in terms of, obviously, I don't think we're surprised that it happened after the weekend. Just kind of surprised by the way it all happened. Um, um, yeah, let, I guess we move on to Kansas. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Just just to reiterate again, though, that... that uh, let, hold on. One other thing, quickly, because we haven't really done it. Like, we're, we're 30 minutes into this podcast. Thank you, Doug Peterson. Like, yeah, from, from yep. the bottom... Of my heart, of and I will speak for every Eagles fan out there because I know it's true. Like, from the bottom of all of our hearts, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, that is all you will ever hear from us. All the, the bullshit on the way out, all the stuff you had to deal with this year, like, it's all gone. Like, you are the only guy, the only head coach who has ever won us a Super Bowl, and we will never, ever, ever, ever forget it. Bottom. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, look, Doug, like I said, Doug was an awesome guy to cover. Super nice guy. Just like genuinely nice. Just super nice. And I think like in this in this field too, like when I, I interact with, you know, like head coaches, GMs, agents, all those people, like, I don't know, they're not always super nice. And Doug is. Doug was super nice. And I think that that ultimately put, played a role in his downfall to a degree because Eagles felt they could control him up until they couldn't and he left. But just an awesome guy. So I, I I hope he has success elsewhere. I think he will. Uh, I think, you know, he'll go. He'll be able to pick where he wants to go. I think to a certain degree, and he'll land somewhere with a good quarterback. And it'll be exciting to see how he does. Like we'll start to get the answer on if it was Carson or uh, or Doug. Well, and that yeah. So let's get real quick though on that, uh, which I is wild to think about. But if you thought about the fact that, assuming Doug gets a job this off season, which we both think he will. That'll be five straight coaches, certainly the last three under Howie, but five straight Eagles coaches who got a job the moment they were fired, like the same offseason. Chip Kelly, yep. the Within Niners days, right after. Yeah. Andy Reid, Kansas City right after. Those are just during the Howie era. Ray Rhodes got the Packers thing right after. Rich Kotite got the Jets. I believe the same offseason. Certainly the last three for sure, and I'm pretty sure Ray Rhodes and Kotite also were the same offseason. That's a pretty wild fact. Like, it's just a yeah. weird thing. So, anyway, just thought it was unique. Yeah. No, I mean, so, it's, yeah. So, um, all right, look, quickly, I want to do K's, but quickly Carson. You brought up Carson. Yeah. I just want to mention that here because there was, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff flying around today, a lot of information, a lot of reports, all that type of stuff. But um, Jeremy Fowler recently uh, said uh, that the Doug Peterson firing, quote-unquote, increased uh, Carson uh, Wentz's chances of staying in Philly, quote-unquote, significantly, is what he said. How do you read the Wentz? role in this whole thing um and kind of look we both made it pretty clear that we think firing a head coach or picking a head coach based on Carson Wentz would be a mistake um but do you think well, Wentz play- <laughs> yeah so that's what I'm asking do you think Wentz played a role in this and do you think Carson Wentz is a motivating factor so I think Carson's in the same camp as Larry and Howie and not having complete trust of Doug I, I don't think it's I honestly, I, well, there's probably more of a personal dynamic with him because of the Jalen Hurts stuff, but I, I think it's mostly like Carson doesn't think Doug is a good head coach, like his offensive philosophy. I mean, Doug, I mean, Carson changed a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage. Like, so I, I think that was part of it. I do believe this significantly increases the chance of Carson being back. Just like when I thought Doug was coming back, I thought it decreased the chances Carson would, right? So I, I think that if they, even though I don't believe Carson said to them, like, me or Doug, I do believe they probably took this into consideration. And I think that with Doug now gone, they will hire a head coach for Carson. Anything's possible. Like, if it's Lincoln Riley, maybe not. Um, 
maybe they maybe they're out on Carson too. Who knows? But I, I do believe that they will take Carson into consideration. And you know, for whatever we think of it, if they want Carson back, this is a great chance to rebuild that relationship because what they can say to him is, "Yes, we well, fired a coach for you, Carson." Not only just that, like. Who, who do you want as a new head coach? Like, who are some guys you like? Well, what are some things you want in a new head coach, right? Like, showing Carson that they that he matters to them. And I think that that's part of the reason that he wants out is because, you know, the Jalen Hurts thing. Like, we've been over this a thousand times. Like, Carson felt devalued. He felt like they didn't think he was their guy anymore. Well, here's a chance to show show him that, that you're his guy. And uh, I think that's probably what they'll end up doing. I think it's a massive mistake. Like, maybe Doug's not as good of a head coach as I think, but I do think... Hiring a head coach for Carson is an extremely risky and probably bad decision. I, I Look, Carson's the only quarterback. Like, if you look at some of the top quarterbacks drafted since 2016, like not the guys in, like, the seventh round, I think he's the only one that hasn't won a playoff game now that Baker won one. So, like, there is real reason to be concerned about Carson's ability as a quarterback. I personally think if I'm hiring a new head coach, I would rather hire that head coach for Jalen Hurts because he's young, he's not injured, he's cheap, he can move. He's he's a great passer, like all those things. So, but I I don't think that's the direction it's going. All right, so let's get into the direction it's going. And I'm with you. Do you agree but, with all that? Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I I think that as we talked about, look, I think that that the Doug firing absolutely increases the chances of Wentz staying. I think. Look, what we don't know is did Howie gauge the value of Wentz around the league prior to this and say, hey, man, like we're not going to be able to trade him? Like, even though I think you could trade him, you think you could trade him, like maybe they gauged the value and said, hey, we have to reconsider. We're not going to get what we thought from him. Maybe we figure out a way to keep him. Like, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but I certainly think that Carson Wentz played a role in this and certainly thinking about Carson Wentz played a role in this. And I have I one think, last look, Carson point. Yeah, well, and I think, look, I think the key, like the the that report that Mortensen and it put out that we talked about was that it was a fractured relationship with Doug Peterson, not with the Eagles. Like, that's the way it was said, and I think that's notable. So, moving forward, I, look, Doug is, was a very popular guy in that locker room, as was with the case with Chip Kelly. Not every person hated Chip, and as is the case with Jeffrey, I mean, not Jeffrey, with Doug, not every person loved Doug. Like, you have 53 players plus practice squad, like, but overall, Doug was very popular in that locker room. We have talked at length about Carson's locker room issues. It's happened twice, where, where backups have come in and become more popular than Carson. If if Carson, fair or not, if Carson is viewed in that locker room as part of the reason Doug was fired, that is not going to help him in his battle to win back the locker room. If they hire a head coach that the players do not like, that is not going to help Carson in his battle for the locker room. If they feel the head coach is it was hired for Carson and not for Jalen Hurts, that is not going to help Carson in the or locker room. Or not even just so, for Jalen Hurts. It's more if hired for Carson Wentz instead of for the benefit of the entire team. Yes, right? correct. Yes, but also because Jalen Hurts is popular in that locker room, like especially amongst the younger guys, right? So I, I, I think that this is now another tricky situation for Carson. And I don't want to say not completely through no fault of his own because – you know, he's the one that apparently wants out. But, like, this is something that Carson's going to have to deal with because, fair or not, and more on the fair side, he's going to be viewed as one of the reasons Doug's gone. So that's something he'll have to deal with. Yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> even more of a mess. And uh, <laughs> just, I can't even – I can't – I really honestly – I didn't think we'd be sitting here a week after the season talking about Doug definitely being gone and Carson maybe being back. It's like – 
It really yeah. is crazy. And again, just on a, a basic level, the idea that we're talking less than three years after the Eagles won the Super Bowl about Doug Peterson being fired is just, it's hard to rationalize. Elliot, it's hard to rationalize, especially after making the playoffs the last two years. Like, I don't know. Um, my gut tells me that this is a decision we're going to look back at and be like, well, I don't think they handled that the right way. And if nothing else, we know that that there is dysfunction in this building and they are handling things in dysfunctional ways. And it is it is clear. All right, let's speaking of dysfunction, let's see who the next entrance into the Eagles dysfunction <laughs> party is um, candidates. And again, with the concept that we don't really know what type of job this is, um, you would think that. Everything that's happened to Doug, the you know issues, the leaks, all the stuff we've seen, and just the the Howie Roseman part of it, and an owners involved part of it, would make it a seemingly unattractive job. And that's even before talking about the lack of talent on the roster, the lack of money to spend, the salary cap problems. Like from every which way, other than the fact it's the Philadelphia Eagles, this looks like an unappealing job to me. Um, but look, Lori has found ways to. You know, Chip Kelly yeah. and all that. There's like only, he has there's only 32 head coaching jobs. So. And that's another point, too. Where do you stand on what this job is and then what type of candidates we're looking at? So from a candidate perspective, I, I want to preface all of this by saying, like, when they hired Doug, I didn't like it, but I didn't know Doug personally. And Doug personally ended up being a his personality and his ability to interact with people ended up being a major advantage in his ability to be a good head coach. So with all these guys, I don't know that about them. So it's possible that someone that has an outstanding resume could maybe in person not be as, you know, as, as appealing or somebody that has a terrible resume like Doug did would, would come in and be great. So all that being said, but just looking at the resumes, I don't see any slam dunk candidates out there. Like Eric B obviously has a great resume. He works for a fantastic offense, all those things. I think it's a bit of a red flag. Nobody's hired him over the past few years, like despite the fact that he would seem like a slam dunk hire. And I've heard that in interviews, he's not like outstanding. So I don't know what that would mean for him as a head coach, but that would be maybe a concern I'd have with him. But certainly on paper, he, he looks great. Joe Brady, I get it. And I think they have a lot of interest. Only 31 years old. Like he would have players on the roster older than him he would be i mean imagine him coach like being jeff stout to be fair though i mean mcveigh mcveigh did it to be fair mcveigh did it but mcveigh was also in look i think mcveigh is a little overrated as a head coach but i think at least mcveigh has a personality for it maybe joe brady does that's just the concern i have with joe brady that would be my concern if i like my gut's telling me if i had to pick anybody out there i would pick pick brian DeBull. Like, as, as impressive as he's been in Buffalo this year, and I get turning Josh Allen around is impressive, like, what he's done with that, it's a sign of a good coach. And I think one criticism you heard of Doug was he wasn't able to work with Carson work around him. That being said, if the best thing on his resume is one year of turning around Josh Allen, like, I have concerns about that. Lincoln Riley, the chip thing scars me a little bit. It just does. I can't lie. Um, now look, if you told me Lincoln Riley and Jalen hurts maybe, but the idea of bringing Lincoln Riley and then having Carson compete with Jalen just feels like a disaster. Um, I mean, those would be the top guys, I guess on, on the list. I, I could maybe picture them going a route of like Robert Sala, the, the, uh, 49ers defensive coordinator. And then like an elite level offensive coordinator and just trust Robert to be, like the leader of the team and then fix the defense. I mean, they almost hired Gus Bradley. So you, you've seen them potentially, you know, look into that. But 
So that's kind of where I stand on the guys. I don't really have a, a favorite. I don't have a slam dunk candidate. I think Doug is the best available option. You know, if, if I'm, well, and know. that's why he's going to get a job. You know, right? I, I'm with you. Uh, I have a very similar breakdown of the class of guys. I think Dayball is probably the safest hire of the bunch. I do like him. Um, I would be okay. Look, if they want to go to Joe Brady and they talk to Joe Brady and he's a leader of men and all that type of stuff. Like I'm okay with go. I, I too am scarred by chip. Don't get me wrong. But if they want to try another smart offensive genius type guy who could be the next Shanahan or McVay or whatever that type of mold of coach, I mean, I'm okay with that. Like I, I would be okay with it. I'm not, you know, jumping up and down. I'm not saying, wow, what an amazing hire, but I, I would be okay with trying that route or Lincoln Riley or something like that. But I, I'm with you. Like, I think to, to move on from Doug Peterson and the way you moved on from Doug Peterson, it doesn't feel like there's a candidate out there who's going to make everyone be like, yay, thank goodness they got rid of Doug. We got this guy now. You know, it just doesn't feel like yeah. you're going to have that type of reaction. And, you know, again, I, I don't think they really, you know, I don't think it really mattered who's the out there. You know, I think it's just the a reaction, flawed process. I mean, and, and, you know, when the Eagles hired Chip, I think everyone was like, wow, what a slam dunk hire. You know, he had a good three years in a lot of ways, but clearly didn't work out. And when they hired Doug, everyone was like, this is going to be a disaster. And there's a statue of him outside the link. So, like, it's if, you know, great point, initial it's perception a great point. doesn't always matter. But I agree with you that all we can do is react in the moment. And it's hard for me to pitch them making a high where I'm like, okay, this is a definite upgrade over Doug. Yeah, that's that's the way I feel too. And uh, again, like, I, they, like they didn't fire Adam Adam Gase. Like you could hire me or you, and I if I'm covering the Jets, I'd be like, all right, well, this is an upgrade over Adam Gase. You totally, know, but like totally, no, Doug's I'm with a you. Really good coach. Yeah, and and on top of that, like I don't know why we should trust Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman to go out and find the right guy anyway. I mean, they 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 didn't even pick Doug Peterson. They lucked into it. They stumbled yep. into him thanks to Andy Reid. And that's why the Mike Kafka thing is so terrifying because it just feels like, oh, Andy, who, who's who's next? Who, sorry, guys. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is already going to go out to the Falcons, but I, I can give you Kafka. You want Kafka? Like, it just, yeah, that, yeah, that is kind of what it sounds <laughs> like. Right? That's what it feels like. And it's just, it just doesn't feel like a well-run organization on a basic level. Like right now, the Eagles feel like a poorly run franchise, and that's what scares me. I... I Look, you know I was more critical of Doug this year than you were, but we both wanted him back. We both said Doug Peterson has earned another year, and he's earned a year where you let him do his thing. And let's see. Let's find out with his guys, with his coaches, is he a good, co a truly good head coach or not? Like, let's find out. Let's give him a shot. Even though it's a crappy roster, you didn't get rid of the guy who did that, so whatever. But, you know, even with a crappy roster, like, let Doug just go and take a year and do his thing. So I... But having said that, like, I'm not devastated with the idea of moving on from Doug Peterson. I think they handled it horrendously. I think the way they actually announced it and all that was a disaster. I think they did Doug dirty by the way they treated him over the last few years and not giving him that power that he deserved and had earned to at least find out and still firing him anyway. And then he tanks for you and you fire him anyway. Like, I think there's so much done dirty here and, and you know, just, just, horrible optics with the way this is all played out but on a basic level just like one guy to the next like it's not as much the losing Doug Peterson which I'm I'm bummed about but I had issues with Doug I had questions about Doug moving forward so like I'm okay with getting a new head coach it's the way they did it and my absolute lack of faith that they can get the right guy moving forward those are my biggest issues it's it's not that Doug's gone it's how he's gone and your ability to replace him that's what I'm worried about 
I like I like the uh, those are my biggest issues, and they're like huge, massive issues that. I mean, Feldman. not even yeah. <laughs> in, in reality. My biggest issue is is Howie friggin' Roseman, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna be an interesting few weeks till they hire somebody. It, it is, it is. So, and um, it looks like Jeffrey Laurie's talking soon. We can obviously react to that. Um, we're obviously gonna be back. Pod, yeah. yeah, we'll be back later this week, I guess. Either tomorrow or, or Thursday, we'll record uh, another pod. Or is it today? Today Monday? It's only Monday. Okay, so tomorrow or Wednesday, we'll have another pod after you. We'll react to Lori and all that. Um, I guess let's kind of wrap this up here. Where Where is your head at right now with the move and with this team moving forward? And obviously, we're going to talk. Who We already had a huge offseason talk about with the quarterback stuff and this and that, and now we add this to it. So no yeah. rest for the weary, Elliot. I think it was a mistake, and we shall see what happens. But yeah, I've been that, old take exposed plenty of times, you know, so <laughs> we could certainly happen again. But I, I and, think it's a mistake. And that's where I'm at, too. And and particularly while I think it in and of itself is a mistake, I'm just very concerned about the where the organization is now. I have no faith in Harry Roseman and dwindling faith in Jeffrey Lurie. And those are the two guys who are stewarding, steering this franchise. Um that's a scary proposition right now, and I hope they prove us wrong. But right now, I I'm just not optimistic. Like I'm very nervous about the future of this franchise. So I think, that, um, I think that's a take many people listening probably agree <laughs> yeah, with. I, it's it's hard one not to have. All right. Um. So we'll see what Lori has to say. We'll be back uh, later in the week, and uh, and continue to what a what a wild off season. Elliot Shore Parks uh, just beginning a, too. Only just a week beginning. old. <laughs> All right. Um. Any final thoughts? Yeah, so I had tomato soup with grilled cheese last night, and although tomato soup is not my favorite soup, I I think that when it's at its best, it makes me like happy in a way that other soups don't. Like, there's something Ooh. about tomato soup with grilled like cheese that, that yeah, has it's a very a, like, like a homey feel to it. Yeah, yeah. So that's my soup take. Cosine. I actually love that take. I love tomato soup with grilled cheese. It's a can't miss pairing. It's um, so good. Yeah. It's so good. All right, uh, my final thought, I'll just say it one more time. Thank you, Doug Peterson. There and, it is. And that's it. Like, just you you fucking rule, Doug. You rule, man. Like, thank you so much. Yeah, let's do it, Doug. That's what I'm going to say. And um, you yeah, will. Yeah, let's do it. That's let's right. Let's do it, buddy. And uh, you will. Uh, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but I think never more true when I say you'll never buy a beer in, or anything in Philadelphia. I think it has never been more true than with that, dude. Um, all right. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll see what Jeffrey Laurie has to say. Uh, and obviously, who knows? A million other things could happen before we talk again. But um, certainly a lot to talk about. And we'll be here throughout the whole offseason. We are, we'll be here every week. Every you know, We're not going anywhere. We'll be here to talk about all this. So, um, Doug Peterson out. I, I really did not expect to be it's recording crazy. that podcast today. But it's where we are, and we'll move forward together. So uh, until later in the week, he's Elliot M. James. We'll talk to you guys soon.